is Jeans and a Nice Top, a crash course in modern dating with Ash and Mel. Hey, Ash. Hey, Mel. Just uh, once again, wearing a sarong, dressing up for me. <laughs> yes, I've got a sarong on. I've been standing in my kitchen eating scrambled eggs out of my snazzy new non-stick pan, eating eggs for dinner in a sarong. That is extreme so... single female behavior. <laughs> extreme. <laughs> it's like extreme living in a studio behavior, I feel. <laughs> Hugely so, big time. I mean, I would eat those eggs in the shower if, you know. Oh. My personal shame permitted. There's an because episode basically- of Sex in the City on this, right? Like there's an episode where Carrie is like, there's like things that you do in your house that you can only do when you don't live with someone else. I don't know. What oh, yeah. Does. Like that secret single behavior. Yeah. But her thing but was I like forget- really lame. It was like, I'm eating like, like chocolate chips out of the packet, you know, like something that's like. This is so crazy, but it's like, no, bitch, crazy is like cutting all of the dead skin around your fingernails while you sit on the couch nude listening to a podcast. Like that is a crazy person. Shaving your toes in the kitchen sink. Like, yes. Crazy. Licking. More chaos. Like making a whole container of jelly and then just like eating it, just using your mouth out of the container also nude i think in every scenario you need to be nude because that's a level of nudity (laughs) that's the fundamental like baseline of being like alone in the house is that i'm naked (laughs) big time it's it's my comfort zone oh i you know what i got into the sarong thing and i need to return to it because i feel like i really got into it when i was on holidays but why don't i bring that energy into 2021 you know and into sydney home life if there's two things you have taught me, it is mm. invest in some sarongs. Yes. <laughs> there's probably more, but the what? two big ones. What's the, what's the second? Tongue cleaners. Revolutionized oh, yeah. my life. It oh, really yeah. Has. Oh, big time. I just oh, can't you tell know people enough about them. And I can't believe that we have just been rolling around with these filthy tongues. Mm. If you are not cleaning your tongue, you are a dirty Dirty, Dog. dirty, dirty little grub. Yes, <laughs> clean that thing. And I'm talk- talking about flipping the old Colgate like brush over and using those bristles. They're not efficient enough. No. Anyway, we could. You talk need that about proper this. tongue cleaner. No, but it's just a oh, thing. Yeah. You know what? Scrape, scrape, bitches. Yes, and you know what is like? I'm like, how did I go so many years of hooking up with people and not having a tongue cleaner in my bag? It's the perfect way to get like morning breath that's like doesn't like taste or smell like you literally just went and brushed your teeth but also doesn't taste or smell like a garbage can that's been left out in the sun you know like you're just getting rid of all that bacteria and then suddenly you have like a decent mouth and you know because like sometimes I'm like when I go and brush my teeth and then I get back in bed and pretend I'm asleep and then suddenly I wake up and he wakes up and you're like oh I just happen to have like minty fresh fresh breath like that's not real and concealer under my eyes yes and And i smell like labo santel 33 god it's a crazy world (laughs) it's so wild that my hair is just so bouncy and smooth this morning no you didn't hear the hairdryer going for an hour in the bathroom (laughs) that didn't happen (laughs) what hairdryer thought the one i purchased and brought i feel like the older i've gotten though the less of a shit i've given when i've had hookups like these days like I can't even be fucked shaving my legs I'm like 
just you can handle the fuzzy feeling like no one's looking firstly unless they I have like a bit of a every day finish. oh it's so much effort though ash like how do you how it's just a, it's just like literally habitual from high school mm. and being lebanese <laughs> <laughs> True. I mean, I'm Greek, so like, I don't know why I've yeah. gotten out of this somehow. But I got laser, I'm just so a I hairy think that's girl. why. Because when I got you laser, you don't need to. Well, I do, but it's just like there's 50 percent less hair minimum. So I think that helped in the sense that back in the day, for sure, I had like a yeti situation going on after 24 pants. hours. Yeah, little yep. pants. Have I told you about this, how my mum my mom wouldn't let me shave? Don't I tell you about this yet? Where my mum wouldn't let me shave above the knee when I was in high school. So I had literal hairy bike shorts and, like, I did little athletics. And so I'd have real bike shorts on and then this hairy bike short and then, like, smooth calves. It was very alarming. I used to use, when I wasn't allowed to shave, before I was allowed, I used Silky Mitt. Do you remember mm, Silky oh Mitt? Oh, my God. That was a huge 2000s mood. Why was everyone Huge using two thousands mood, and it made your legs like it was just dead skin. You'd see all that like fine sandpaper mm. dust, and it was all dead skin. And also, it was then just sandpaper, ma- right? They made yeah, very finely milled sandpaper, and then they did those weird little fingertip ones to do what? your moustache. Oh my god, I've never was, seen that. Yeah, it's really weird. I was like silky mitt. Mm. They were, that was honestly just like that was female marketed sandpaper. Like you could go and buy sandpaper and do the same thing shortly. But that's just like a, a huge example of the pink tax as well. Oh, like my things God, yes. marketed to women in pink packages that we believe we need yes. that are wildly more expensive than the regular sandpaper men buy from Bunnings by the, I would say, meter. I mean, it's amazing that price. that thing like took off the way that it did because – surely like i don't know and what was it doing what was it just like sanding off your hairs i just i have so many questions about the silky mitt it's alarming what, yeah we're gonna i'm gonna look up some silky mitt facts and chuck them in the group i'm gonna see <laughs> how much they're retailing for are they at your local price line what's going on have they had any technological advancements how do they remove the hair yeah, I'll report back. get away with this? It's insane. I got really back into epilating in lockdown because, like, it's so time-consuming epilating. It takes fucking forever. It hurts. It, it does at first, but then you sort of lean into the pain, you know, which sounds really, like, masochistic, but it's like you just go, this fucking hurts, but then you start to like the hurt. It's like you really do a number on your own brain. I don't know. But honestly... It takes so long. That was more my thing was that it takes – like I would watch a whole episode of TV while I did just like one calf because it's like you go over the section, you've got to go back over it to catch the hairs or whatever. But it does really last for ages because it's obviously plucking them out at the root. Uh, but, yeah, like it's definitely more, it's more of a lockdown energy, not a modern, normal day. Real energy. life. Yeah. What are they called again? The M-Joy. What's Epilators. your one? Well, they're all different Epi- types. But- Oh, so you get know. like Philips and yeah, the they're made by everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know what the one I have is, but it says it's waterproof. But like, I don't really want to be trying that in the bath, mate. <laughs> you're like, it's waterproof, but it also plugs into the wall, and you're like, what is wrong with this message? Like, yeah, it's waterproof so long as the water doesn't go up the cord into the socket. <laughs> in which case, oh. you're in a world of pain. Um, yeah. But speaking of TV, I had I want to talk to you about something, but 
yeah. I did just bring this up and you said you haven't seen the show. So that's going to be less fun, but still, okay. I think. But it's a show I feel like everyone of our listeners has seen. I'm a hundred percent. You are a freak. Yeah, you're a freak. But is that, it's like how you hadn't watched Center Stage before. It's like, that's not normal. <laughs> you're like, that's not okay. Well, I was busy watching Water Rats. <laughs> also great. Um, great. I meant to go on a date actually with someone and watch Waterworld. Have you ever seen Waterworld? Why do you keep going on these dates with people and watching stuff? I don't know because it's like we'll talk about it on a date and then it makes sense to go if we both haven't seen it to be like obviously we should watch this movie. But, I mean, I'll and come fondle. back to that actually happens. Well, I mean, half the time when you do those things, that's kind of the subtext. Second base. But at the same time. Not necessarily. I've definitely gone to guys' houses and just watched movies and gone home. If it's like too early on for that, yeah. Not even first base. Snuggle? Uh, snuggle. Like yeah. Like snuggle. Lie on the couch <laughs> together, but not like take bras off or anything. But um. Yeah. Anyway, Gossip Girl. So I'm rewatching yeah, Gossip Girl. Ash hasn't yep. seen it. I mean, and... I've watched an episode. I know that Blair's the dud one and Serena's the hero one. That's not in any way true and also <laughs> so simplified. <laughs> Everyone's laughing at you right now. They're like, wait, what? <laughs> the dud one. <laughs> uh, Damn it. I mean, I guess the first episode it feels like that. But anyway, I've been re-watching it. I started watching it when I was away with friends again and then just got obsessed. And it's so easy to have on in the background. Like it's the easiest show yeah. to just kind of you chuck it on. You're doing housework. You're epilating your legs, whatever the fuck you want to be doing. Swiping mm-hmm. on hinge. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I do all sorts of things while I watch it because it's just so easy. But one thing I'm like following on from your center stage convo, I suppose. One thing I'm noticing oh, yes. is that. Dan and Serena have no chemistry and I don't know, we were obsessed with them when this show started. So Dan, Serena, your hero, apparently. Yeah. Dan is the guy. He's always been in love with her. And then in the first season, it's kind of like they find, they get together at the beginning um, because she's kind of fallen off the popularity cliff and like he wants to be her friend and I don't know, whatever. So they get together and it's meant to be like the ultimate relationship of this show that the show hinges on. They just have no chemistry. And like, as the show goes on, Chuck and Blair become the more interesting couple for sure. But I still feel like at the time we thought that Dan and Serena were good. And I'm like, there is nothing about them. And they dated in real life. Like you would just think they would have more chemistry than they did. You know? Is it, it's a friend was saying to me uh, who I had lunch with yesterday, uh, sh- shout out Hannah, she was saying it's so weird how much Seth Cohen sucks. Like these people that we lauded yes. in high school shows suck now. Like yes. th- these shows like would not stack up in 2021. No, and like, you watch them again drops. and you just go, that's toxic behavior or that guy's really boring or like you're a selfish piece of shit. I don't know. Things that I just used to like, yeah, couples and things that I used to get so invested in as a teenager, I now look at, and I guess it's because we get older and maybe we get a bit more cynical or wise. I don't know. Probably a mixture. Both. Both. But it's just like you watch them and you're like, that's not like. Not it. No. Anyway. What the fuck? So, yeah, so that's been a bit of a wild revelation for me. What's going on in your life? 
Well, um, it's been a year tomorrow since Clutch and I went on our first date. Holy shit. One year of being in love. Crazy town. Oh, my God. That's gone so quickly. Yeah, so quickly. That also means that it's been like a year since like COVID times, right? Yeah, and it's weird (laughs) to think. Yeah, I mean, just after like five years of like false starts and dating and dudes for like situations that lasted months long it's been like the longest sort of lock-in I've had in a while and it feels good and he's a good good. man yeah Yeah. well it's just weird how quickly it goes when it's good like I feel totally yeah and I was thinking about this today about how and we've said this a million times but how like when it's good, it's just good and it's breezy and it's not, like, full mm. of constant tumultuous bullshit and, like, sending screenshots to friends all the time being like, what does this mean? What does Never. that mean? I just remember when you and Clutch started dating, you were just so like, oh, yeah, I'm seeing this guy. And then the next thing's like, oh, yeah, we're, like, still hanging out. We're probably kind of together. We haven't really talked about it yet. And then it was like, oh, yeah, we're together. You know, it was just so easy. It was like <laughs> you were never, like, questioning anything. It was just, like, cruisy. <laughs> yeah, and now it's just been a year of cruising. But I have to say as well from the outside, like you're like, you know, some people on Instagram like bullshit everybody with their stuff and I just know you so I know that you don't. Like your shit is pretty real, like nothing. I don't know. Like I just know, (laughs) like I know real Ash and Instagram Ash and there's no like real, like, you know, obviously there's a little bit more stylizedness on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're just straight up. And it's like you and Clutch are always just hanging out, having fun. Like you're always just doing shit together that's not not like huge romantic gestures or huge – it's like two mates hanging out except that you're also in love and it's nice. Yeah. Mel's birthday coming up this weekend. She will not tell us how old she's turning, but <laughs> 30-something. I think I've said it on the podcast before, but now I'm just like – it's weird how you suddenly get to a point where you just kind of want to make it vague and I now understand it it's because people get really like weird like assumptions about age in a way that they wouldn't like if you said to someone I'm 27 they would probably just believe you because why would they question it but then if you said I'm 38 like I'm not 38 but say I said I was 38 then there's immediately this kind of like assumption of you being like older and wiser or like more serious I don't know it's just weird shit it's just so weird to like and 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 I'm guilty of it because I would have done it all through my 20s just thought things about people of certain ages and I think Sex and the City going back to that was so good for that because they from the get-go were in their 30s and when those movies they're meant to be in like their 40s and their 50s and it's like that's fucking cool like let's paint a new picture of like growing older as a woman like why are we making it that everyone in their 30s has kids and is married and owns a house and why are we making that everyone in their 40s is like middle age i get it i get it and start drinking their wine with ice in it can you guys hear the gentle tinkling <laughs> i'm so Mel's, sorry i was trying to keep Mel's it away wine glass. She was trying to keep it away, but I was like, I feel like I just would have never drank ice in my wine when I, well, in my fruity Lexia in my early 20s. Probably because I was drinking drink Majority anything. Pineapple. Yeah, you, yeah, you could drink anything, drink like but now. 
like such what's a that horrible palette. what was that horrible vodka you know like the vodka and you go to the vodka area and you've got the top tier which is like your grey goose and your belvedere and then uh, you slowly make it down and you've got the mid tier which is good which is where I'm usually sitting you know Smirnoff is yeah that, that's mid tier that's mid tier what about Stoli is it Stoli Stoli uh, I don't know Stoli maybe Stoli's the low tier there's just these unnameable like these random vodkas you've never heard of before and they're like $20 a bottle and you're like mm. And in your 20s, you were like, fuck yeah, I'll get that. And in your 30s, you're like, that's going to give me a hangover after one sip. Mood. Oh, Mood. yeah, big time. Oh, well, that's why I loved – I reckon I still get a less of a hangover if I'm drinking natural wines. I don't think that's true. But maybe for you it's true. I still feel maybe. like I get less of a hangover when I drink vodka. Like if I stick to spirits. Really? Yes. If I stick – you know what it is. It's still the age-old thing of you do not mix your drinks – and so when you have like you, a whiskey and then a vodka and then a wine and then a beer and then back to the wine and but then over here to like Midori. Doesn't everyone do that on dates? Like I feel like that's such a date way to drink. Mm-hmm. When I'm on a date, I will like get there and have a beer because I'm hot, yeah. bothered. I've been on the mission to get there, Uber, all that gear, have a beer, <laughs> cool down. Then I'm like, yeah, I'm a bit full, a bit bloated. Maybe we're going to kiss later and touch my bloated <laughs> belly. So maybe I'll just- <laughs> switch it up now one squeeze enough i'll move to a wine and then i'll i'll have a wine and then after that you know a couple more wines and then cocktails and then you're like and then, choosing off the cocktail menu for no reason like you yeah, don't just being ever like, drink mm, them hmm, what's what's the banana like is it really rummy is it really banana-y is it a banana liqueur literally my dates is like this is crazy. <laughs> and i'm gonna be like i'm gonna get this this cocktail it's like 35 dollars. Like, totally you're yeah like, you're oh. like i'm gonna get a double long island iced tea my card's With broken twist. i lost yeah. it <laughs> so well sorry. i don't know i'm not good at doing the phone tap so you know people do the phone mm-hmm. tapping now mm-hmm. i do it but i <laughs> i always push my face over the top of what? the ATM of the F post machine, so I it always says show me your face, and then oh, I have yes. to put my face over the top and show it. But you don't. But have not to do everyone it on the does ATM. it. That way. You just hold your phone no, up. No, what? Just <laughs> at whenever I pay for something with my phone. Yeah, I like lean my whole face and body over the F post machine. Why are you doing that though? You can just because hold your phone it's up. Saying first. show me your. F- no, because you do it there, I, I, and then it does it, and then you go like. That. Yeah, but I do not. I do it straight. Then you just lie straight. on top of. <laughs> I go phone straight onto the airpods and put my face over it. I don't know, but it drives Clutch crazy. Yeah, to the point where he like he he can't watch me pay for things. He literally he has his phone ready to just pay because he can't even see me pay for stuff. I'm like, now he thinks I'm doing it on purpose so I don't have to like pay for breakfast. You absolutely but, are. I, well, I mean, I just can't get with the program of showing my phone my face and then paying for something. I show them the phone and then my face has to lean over. So you just put, okay. I just, everything that you've just said scares me. Are you like 80 mm. years old? <laughs> and I, I feel always like even have the 80-year-olds know how to do it now. I always fib to the cashier and I'm like, oh, just put it on my, just put it on my phone. Like the people at Potts Point Woolies must be like, Jesus Christ, you're here every week. (laughs) Have you not figured this out? just put it on your phone. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Oh, dear. Um, Anyway, episode 
that we're doing. Hi. It's been yeah. possibly like 30 minutes just of chatting. Um, so I, I came up with this one. Well, I didn't come up with this one because I feel like we both have these feelings and thoughts about stuff. But mm. I was like, we need to talk about this because we've talked about it before, just one-on-one over some drinks. And then I feel like I've brought this up drunk with many different women and we're all kind of say the same thing, which is well, the, the combo usually starts with this one, which is that missionary is so underrated and has been shat on so much socially. Why it's easily the best sex position. Mic drop. Hands end down. Of episode. <laughs> it's and the I best. Mean, there's a lot of unanimous female, like, I guess a lot of females would think that it wasn't that good because they've been conditioned to think it wasn't that good because yes. they're like, it's boring. I'm boring if I like it. And you're like, no, not. You are. Great. This is the thing. It's like it's not cool to go around saying, oh, what's your favourite sex position? Oh, missionary. It's like you're supposed to say things like reverse cowgirl and like bent pretzel baked frittata or whatever. It's like, been a while since Mel or I have read Cosmo, so bear with us. <laughs> but, you know, frittata. like it's supposed to like. <laughs> what does that look like? <laughs> I don't in my head, I had, like, I had my leg behind my head mentally and then maybe Got like you. I don't know how it's baked. Maybe they're like really going hard on top of you. So it's like that's the baked frittata part. I don't know. <laughs> frittatas your insides i don't know anyway oh dear god it's getting worse the friends. visual is bad the visual the is visual's bad. getting worse but you know i i guess it's like for so long i well i feel like now and also over the last few years well since i've been having sex really i feel like there was this whole thing of like you're supposed to like you're supposed to be super kinky in bed and you're supposed to like all these things that like your favorite thing should be something you know really obscure or radical or like you know whatever you're supposed to be and, and that in and of itself made you good in bed and made you exciting and made you like a catch or whatever and it, it kind of seems to keep rearing its head in different ways like I feel like the new one is like women talking about how much they love sucking dick and like swallowing cum and all this stuff and again like I cannot stress you enough, and, like, I know that you would agree with me here, Ash. It's like, we're not judgy. If that's genuinely you, that's fucking amazing for you. That's great. And I'm sure there are plenty of women out there that are, like, A, obviously there are plenty of women that are into kinks and into, like, sucking dick and into, like, swallowing cum, like, everything. Like, like it's mm. so great that we've had this sexual empowerment that, you know, we can be honest about that stuff and it's not the 50s and we don't have to pretend that – you know, we don't even know what sex is or whatever. That's so fucking good. But I think that there's this kind of dark side of things that's emerged, which is that for every, you know, for every positive element that there is about being, you know, super open about all this like wild stuff that you're into that you never used to be able to talk about is that it then has created this flip side where people that aren't into that or aren't into talking about that stuff are like frigid or not good at sex or like not exciting. Essentially like 
vanilla tastes have been demonized. Yes, exactly. I mean, that's you yeah, so, like my five minute yeah, Mel, Mel's rant. Like vanilla tastes have been demonized. So if you're having, you know, great sex, you might think, well, what's wrong with this sex if I'm not doing X, Y, Z? Because exactly. everybody else, and I use everybody else in inverted commas because we have it, you know, essentially like shoved in our faces on and and a lot of it is framed as sexual positivity and it is sex positive but it's also framed in a way that it's completely normal and it should be being normalized but then you think is it normal that I'm not doing it is that yes, normal too yes. like yes, is exactly. that still normal and it's like of course that's completely normal it's great that we're normalizing all tastes and types of sexual pleasure but it's also if that's not your jam that's fine too and you shouldn't feel like you need to be picking up um I guess any like you shouldn't be swinging from the rafters if you don't care to well that's it and then it's it's funny because it gets in your head and I think sex is a really hard one because you know it is probably the most vulnerable thing that we do in terms Mm. of you getting naked off like you know think about like when you're first sleeping with somebody that you're dating that you're getting naked with someone that you don't really know that well yet, probably um, you are getting to know them in the bedroom. They're getting to know you in the bedroom. It's there's so much clunkiness to it as is. And so I then, I think what I find in my, for me is that I then mentally bring in all this bullshit where I'm like, Oh, should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? Should I be this type of person? Should I be more confident? Should I be like, doing more things that like I've seen people talking about or whatever. And then you almost get so in your head that you don't even have a good time because you're sort of like, yeah, fuck, I'm supposed to be doing X, Y, Z. Oh, and I don't like feel comfortable doing that. And therefore maybe that means that this person is thinking that I'm shit in the bed or whatever. And like, I think there's two things to that. Firstly, I think as soon as you get in your own head, you're immediately more self-conscious, which means you're not, enjoying the moment as much which means you probably are like not as great in bed as you normally would be because half of the battle is just having fun right like the whole point well, of I mean, you can having t- a good time. you can tell if someone's mind's not on the job yeah or mind's not in the room like if someone's a million miles away like you can tell well yeah. unless of course you're a straight white man you'd probably just take that as consent <laughs> fuck <laughs> all other talk topic shit <laughs> Oh, oh God, topic. fuck. But, yeah, but this is the thing is, like, I think when we're having fun, and I'm not look, I'm not a sexologist and you're not a sexologist, but this is just kind of talking from my own, like. We're just anal- shooting from the hip. And, of course, we will hip. have sexologists on. We've just, we're just shooting from the hip. But, yeah, like, if I analyse it, I would say that the times that I've felt like I've had amazing sex is when I've just been present in the moment and I haven't been thinking about what I'm doing next or what I need to be doing or what I'm, you know, I'm just having a great time. It's usually in a relationship because by then you kind of feel more comfortable with that person and therefore, yeah. or actually I would say it's either in a relationship or, you know, like one-off hookup vibe where there's just no expectations and I feel like I'm probably not going to see this person again so I don't have any real care about what they think of me but then that's kind of just a shit thing I guess because the fact that it has to be when you either like getting comfortable with some of the different whole story like I think that's natural Mm. that we have really good sex in relationships because you've gotten used to somebody like you've you've gotten comfortable with someone but it's kind of shit that it's like 
the time that I've had the times that I've had really good sex outside of relationships is when I'm like, oh well, I don't really care what they think because well, you lose like, your inhibitions, right? Yeah. It's a, it, you 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 sort of lower those inhibitions because you think I am not going to have to stick around for their judgment or I'm not going to yeah. have to stick around for any feedback. Yeah. And then I'd like, how much do guys even really care? Like, I don't feel like all guys are necessarily expecting women to be like, you know, into everything and like up for anything and, and, um, super confident to this point where they're like, you know, pulling all this stuff like porn moves. And like, again, I cannot stress enough. It's so great if that is you and if that's genuinely what you love and you that's good sex for you that's awesome and obviously there are going to be people out there that also find that awesome because you know sexual compatibility is something that we have with all these different people but i don't yeah, think it takes means, all types. yeah and i just don't think it means that if that's not you that you are then put in this like box of like people that have shit sex, you know, like vanilla sex just isn't shit. And it's kind of shit that we call it vanilla sex because in my experience and like, I wouldn't say, (laughs) I wouldn't say I'm like a crazily experienced person sexually, but I feel like I've had enough sexual partners that I've got a little bit of like a kind of, you know, like a bit of a framework to reflect on of like, Yes. What was my good sex? What was my not good sex? Why wasn't it good? You know, all that stuff. I think back to it and I think all the times that I have actually had really good sex has been what some people would classify as vanilla sex, where it's like kind of the usual positions, nothing too crazy, no toys involved. And I feel like it's not like it just made me go. It's not dependent on moves and positions and toys and all of that like that's great if that's what you like to use but the actual heart of good sex i think is when you are just doing shit that you like to do in a comfortable zone like a zone where you feel comfortable and confident and that with someone else who is also into that yeah you're gonna have a really good time you know and i've had people where they were also into that and they also had a good time well it's always i think open communication clear communication Mm. and being firmly on the same page you can't get on the same page with anything unless you have a conversation totally i think sex you can't go off vibes like vibes super important extremely important because sexual chemistry cannot be replicated you can't fake sexual chemistry Mm. you can't fake chemistry of any sort arguably no it's got to be there but it has to be communicated properly too. Totally. And I think that like you can block the chemistry by not communicating and pretending you're okay with stuff that you're not or pretending you're having a good time when you're not and vice versa, pretending you're having like, like doing, not doing stuff that you want to do. And cause you're not saying, Hey, do you want to try this? And just like, you know, cause I think it's totally okay to just be like, Hey, do you want to try this thing? just putting it out there if you feel like maybe you're going to get like a positive answer. But I think that's it. Like you have to kind of put it out there. And on the flip side, you also have to like speak up if you don't like something and not just pretend that you do like it because you feel like, oh, but if I say that I'm not really into that, then this person's going to think I'm a prude or something. I don't know. It's just kind of like, I agree. I think communication is so much of, Mm. of a factor there because 
like I said, it's a very vulnerable situation. And if you're with a sexual partner who you aren't comfortable communicating with, you just ask yourself why. I mean, Mm. is that you're not comfortable communicating with them because of the reception you think you'll receive or you're not comfortable communicating with them because you don't have the tools in your toolbox to do that communicating. Great. Mm. Go and read some resources. We can chuck some in the group. We can get a sexologist on to, to share some of those resources because if you're not sure about, again, sex is, we weren't born good at sex. We mm. have to be educated. We certainly didn't learn the skills in oh, high school no. or whenever you started, um, whenever you started being sexually active for most of us, it would have been, you know, late high school, early uni sort of none of, we just are all like following our noses. So, um, we just want to learn all the time. And I think there's of any kind of life experience, I feel like sex is the one where we just like eat up information. We're just like, oh, I want to know more. Like I want to know what I'm supposed to be doing because it's a private thing that you kind of do, you know, for most people, it's a private thing that you do with one other person. And then, you know, even if that person is a different person over the years, you're still kind of only getting your intel from that experience and maybe if you're open with your friends but you're kind of always seeking more information and then I think it's really important that you seek that information from like objective I guess channels like I think yeah. sexologists are great for that because I feel like the good ones are so open it's like they, they view sexual pleasure as like this real like you know fluid kind of structure it's not like this is this is what good sex is and this is what bad sex is it's like no there's like a whole plethora of levels to it good you know and i think that's what's and that would i think be a really good episode for us to do is to talk to somebody like talk to a sexologist like how do you communicate healthily in the bedroom because obviously this is just kind of us talking about like a kind of more of a vibe from social constructs and our experiences but Mm. i think that like that's something that you rarely hear about is like how do you talk about such a private kind of awkward matter for a lot of people like not a lot of people want to talk about it they just want to do it but then you know it's really hard i i'm pretty open but i still even find it hard to speak up and be like this is what i like and this is what i don't like you know and anyway but Um, and there's plenty of good great i think as well it's helped me communicate you know following people on instagram who are sex positive influencers or sexologists or experts in the space and also just having friends around me who are open to to chatting about sex so the more people around you who are sort of awkward at communicating their sexual sort of I don't know just talking about sex it makes it harder to talk about it makes it more awkward to talk about because it just reinforces the fact that sex is something that's really private and we shouldn't be speaking about it totally and it's not and i think that's what like what we're saying about you know like the sex positive movement has been so good because it's gotten us talking about stuff and owning our interest in sex and like owning that women can be into all kinds of stuff and that's oh, yeah. it doesn't make you like a slut or a like trashy person it makes you just another human with different sexual preferences to the next human right but it's and like then, what we eat it's the same as our food yeah, exactly we don't all eat the same diet exactly but i think that it's just like the one voice that i don't hear much of is like the person that's just like yeah i like the 
standard stuff that we've learned over the years. I don't, I'm not necessarily yeah. a super kinky person. I just like kind of, you know, my happy place is just like great sex with somebody and like I don't think that's the thing with missionary when we've talked about it before is we're like this is a nice position it's like it feels good but also there's like intimacy there and like there's a lot of positives to it but we've just kind of blacklisted it because it's what was been has been promoted for the ages and it was the weird 50s yeah. marriage position that was like don't do anything else just do this one sad position it's sad and like chaste but it's not sad and chaste and in a good relationship in good sex it's fucking amazing but yeah we've, we've kind of looked at it in this bad way because we're like no that's in the past and the future is being kinky and and wild in the bedroom but it's not they should all come together and i think we'll get there eventually it should all be together and just be like Good sex is about communication and doing stuff that you enjoy and speaking up about what you like and asking for what you like, you know, and being in that moment and, you know, you know, giving and taking and all of that shit. It's not about specific positions and the specific toys and this and that and all that bullshit is just like top line stuff, you know. Um, But then I was going to bring up something because I do feel like the first time you have sex with somebody new is such an awkward place because you kind of, you know, you say like, I don't know, usually for me, it's like I've been on a few dates with somebody. So I know them Mm -hmm. top line, very top line, you know, it's like, I know that you like the Simpsons and (laughs) that what your job is. They always like the Simpsons. (laughs) They always like the Simpsons. And then suddenly you're like, you know, getting hot and heavy watching Waterworld. (laughs) Dear God, listeners, it's a miracle Mel even gets it over the line to get to missionary. <laughs> Waterworld is miracle. my is my um my my sex move. <laughs> but yeah, like you know, you get you get into that place, and then the vulnerability is through the roof because you don't really know this person that well yet, and so you don't no. really know what they're into, and they don't really know what you're into. And I think in that space, and this is probably my controversial statement, and there would be a lot of buts with this because not literal buts, but maybe there are lots of literal buts and that could be fun too. But there's there's a lot of buts in the sense that context is everything, right? I'm talking about Mm -hmm. my personal general like context, which is I've been on a few dates with somebody and now I'm going to, to sleep with them. I don't know them that well yet, right? That's my context. Is I just think let's just stick to the classics in this space because I think I've had so many awkward situations where a guy has gone to do something a bit crazier the first time we're having sex and I'm just like, whoa, I'm like barely coping just with the basics here with you and now you've been... Yeah, you're like, like my man, yeah. Just don't, let's not, let's not do that thing where you're doing that, you know, like I just, can we just like, let's just keep it like fun because it's already fucking awkward and we're getting, we're clumsy and like there are limbs everywhere, just absolutely everywhere, like knees akimbo and I just, I would just like... <laughs> the first time you have sex with someone to just be straight down the line, straight down the line. And then we can start talking down the track about things that we like and like, oh, maybe you could try this or maybe you could try that, you know, but just like, don't, don't be bringing out the choking or like, 
the butt stuff. And never without. Unless you just know already that they like it, then cool. And I mean, the only way that you're going to know if someone likes something is having a conversation. It all comes back to the C word. Yeah. Have a conversation, communicate. Like you can, you're not like anything outside. Well, I mean, of course there's got to be a consent factor and communication during all kinds of sex but you you have to ask someone about that before and usually the best place to have a conversation about sex is not in the bedroom no but i do think with some things you can kind of gently bring it up again it really depends because i think you're right like i think better to have that convo not in the bedroom because it's just a weird zone like some people get very like you know um defensive you're vulnerable it's an awkward place to have a conversation you're better off having the chat like anywhere else than in the heat of the moment yeah and i think sometimes it's like after sex is a good time because oh yeah you've you've had sex so the awkward like you're feeling a bit more comfortable with this person because you've both got through that awkward scenario like not not even like you know like I, i guess it's like after sex you kind of feel close to each other and like into each other a lot so then sometimes i think that's a good time to be like next time would you want to try this or are you into this or like i think that can be a good good like chill and not weird ground to talk about that stuff because Mm -hmm. it's kind of like you're referencing something that just happened and um because it's obviously a weird one to just bring up over the next time you go for drinks. Like, hey, you like into anal? Because, you know, like I think it's like you've kind of got to pick the right time. But, yeah, I agree. Like I just think there are some little like little things that you can bring up mid-sex. And you can be like, oh, do you mind if I do this thing? But I think like, you know, like, like say hair pulling, right? If someone wanted to pull your hair, I feel like they could bring that up mid-sex and be like, do you like that? And then I think because it's not – like too invasive a thing to bring up in the middle of sex. But I think if it's like, like quite a significant, like, you know, like choking, for example, I don't think you should bring up mid sex because there are people that will genuinely have like PTSD stuff with that. Like that's like a whole, I think choking has gotten really normalized and I don't have an issue with that necessarily, but I do think you can't be pulling that shit mid sex. You don't know what people have been through and Mm -mm that is kind of bringing in like a real, you know, that's like a, uh, I don't know if the sexual violence is the right term, but like in the sense of it's a, you know, in context of sex, it's fine, obviously, if it's consensual. But if that person had had bad experiences, that could bring back so much shit for them. And I think that's definitely one that you need to bring up outside. And I've just had so many times where I've just been hooking up with guys and they go for that. And I'm like, whoa, like, what if I'd had like a horrible experience where that gave me PTSD or something, which is not uncommon. Like there's so much that we don't know about people. So Mm. I think I I definitely think communication is something that has kind of fallen to the wayside a little. And I think we should bring it back. Communication is sexy guys. (laughs) Communication is sexy. (laughs) Nothing else. Yeah. You heard it here first. You probably heard it everywhere, but you heard it here first (laughs) Today, Today. (laughs) on your morning walk, on your commute to work. You didn't think we were going to start talking about communication and like anal in the middle of your morning walk. Someone's listening to this at work and is like, these guys are like the G-rated version of of a dating podcast. And they're like, why did you do this to me? (laughs) Why? (laughs) But yeah, I think. Why indeed? I think at the end of the day, like if there is if to sum up this absolute bin fire as as per usual of just stuff that we talk about and there's no real like 
connecting stream. Rhyme or reason. <laughs> I think it's just kind of communication number one. Fuck. Like, let's bring back talking and being honest and being upfront about stuff we don't like to do instead of pretending that we like to do it. Just and if you don't, if and if you don't know how to communicate, there's great resources out there. Like Chantelle Otten, she has yeah. a great Instagram account, as does Georgia Grace. Both legends, very yeah. informed uh, in the field of sex. Yeah, check them out. Yeah, they're great people to follow as well. And, and like Ash said, like I think it is good to follow people in that space because then you're filling kind of your feed with like the right kind of information and it's coming mm. from people that have actually studied this shit, not just randoms like us, you know, but like when it gets to exactly. the pretty stuff, like I think, you know, talking, yeah. whatever, like obviously we all. Like, We're just doing our bit to try and help normalize the conversation around sex when you're a regular sort of chick. Yeah. Whereas, we, yeah, this isn't an educate. This isn't an educator. Educatory. Education. Educate. <laughs> educational. <laughs> and I've got a bachelor of journalism. Guys, do not take oh, look anything out. I say. Look like out. I can't even say educational. Educatory. <laughs> this is. <laughs> uh, this is not educational. Like we, we're just talking like kind of like yeah, like we said, we're talking top line. But I think that's really something to be said for seeking out positive sex info so that you are normalizing your own experiences and kind of working out what's okay and what's not okay but also how to navigate it all because it is kind of an area that for a long time we never talked about and in school to be honest I felt like my educate my sex education was very much like abstinence and wear condoms if you're not abstinent the end and like there's just nothing about the the ins and outs of sexual pleasure and you know, all of that stuff, which... Skill up as an adult. It's like taking French yeah, lessons. Yeah, but... You gotta skill think, up. Yeah, and so communication. And then I think the other side is like, yeah, like don't don't feel like some sort of prude or like bad at sex person if you're just not, honestly, not that into um, kinks or, you know sexual trends or toys or whatever the thing is that's kind of talked about a lot because I think it's great that it's being talked about I think it's really positive we both really support that and it's fucking fantastic that we've come this far that women don't feel the need to pretend they don't like sex but let's Mm -hmm. also not like shit on people that just do like inverted commas vanilla sex because it can be pretty great and it really doesn't come down to what positions you you do in the bedroom or like what things you try it really comes down to what you're enjoying and i think that that's what we have to focus on really that's a serious episode for us it was but i like it <laughs> yeah. yeah and if you guys have thoughts yes i feel like jump you will in the facebook one. group yeah yeah this is this was a juicy one so jump in the facebook group jeans and a nice top podcast it's fun come in got a few characters in there well, we're like always like please talk to us please talk to us yeah please talk we're actually both talk like busy us. as all hell <laughs> but i love it barely I, that's my distraction i go on the podcast group and chat to people when yeah I'm like not doing my work <laughs> <laughs> if mel's boss is listening she's always doing her work uh you can also find us on instagram jeans and a nice top underscore pod and we love to read all your DMs and I talk do. to you there. It's just basically a meme generator, but 
really, 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 <laughs> really on point memes. They really that, are. They're too on they point. They really are. And so I've discussed many it's times. On point. Um, mm. And you can email us, jeans at a nice top dot podcast at gmail.com and send us for solicited advice. There'll be more coming up soon. Um, yeah, just, we've been we've been busy. We've been busy. Sorry, it's guys. been a lot going Sorry. on, okay? I don't know if you guys heard, but like Facebook's gone. There's a lot happening in the media world. If you work in the media now, yeah, it's it's, it's pour one out for it's us. Like, so. Yeah, pour one out for all us media gals. Um, but yes, mm. send us your solicited advice, which is basically where you guys send us your problems like you would text a friend and then we help solve them. But you need to have a question and- in there, even if it's am I fucked? <laughs> and let us know if you would like like a power hour, an episode of just advice hour where we just yeah. smashed out four or five and just got some back-to-back advice on, on some of the juiciest ones because we can definitely do one of those episodes coming out. For sure. Thanks for listening, guys.